<clears throat> so the name of this message, I have called this Crossing Over because that's what we're doing. Um, we are crossing over. It's time for the body of Christ this year. As we cross over into the new year, we are crossing over into the promised land. And, um, and I just want to talk about all of the elements that are associated with crossing over, which everybody's like, yay, the promised land. Well, we have a history in the word of what happens when you start to cross over to the promised land. And a lot of it is, doesn't look very pleasant. So I want to address some of that tonight and just to encourage you because we are champions and we're going to do it. Yeah. Um, so how many of you heard about the alarms that happened in Hawaii? Okay, so prophetically, uh, the Lord uh, was talking to me about that. Um, don't you like the way I said that? I just caught myself. The Lord, <laughs> the Lord um, is talking to me about that because all of the alarms went off in our house last night. And it was all of the alarms on our second story. And so there's like four of them. Of course, I don't know how many alarms you actually need on your second story. I'm, I'm sure it's not four because one would have sufficed because those are ear piercing loud. Anyway, so they go off. And they keep going off and they keep going off and John can't get them to not go off. And so they just continue and continue and continue. And he goes to the store and he's like, well, maybe it's the battery. So he goes to the store and he um, comes back and he's still working on them, still going off. This went on for almost an hour of, of the loudest ear piercing, beeping, screeching noise that you can imagine. And I'm like, Lord, what are you saying? And then he reminded me about the alarm that went off in Hawaii. And he said, wait, awaken, awaken, oh sleeper. I am speaking to my church and I am speaking to storehouse and I am saying it is time to be watchmen that are on the wall. It is time you are now crossing over, not just into the promised land, but you are crossing over into a new way of hunger, of thirst, where you are beginning to hunger and thirst and it's causing our actions and our activities to change. And he took me to... Um, you can turn there if you want. Um, we're going to use the Bible a lot tonight, so I hope you brought it. Uh, turn to Numbers 10. Um, and this is a very familiar uh, chapter to me that I love. I actually had a dream about Numbers 10 one time, so it was awesome. Um, he said this to me. He said, it's time for us to gather, pray, and take new territory that the Lord is giving us. And, um, and so in Numbers 10, it talks about blowing the trumpet and, and calling an alarm. An alarm, when they blow the trumpet, it's like there's an alarm sound going. There's an alarm sound going. And what it did is it caused all of the tribes to line up, and it called the tribes to begin to gather and to begin to then go out. And it says this in verse um, 9. When you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets, and you will be remembered before the Lord your God, and you will be saved from your enemies. Beloved, I am telling you that as we are crossing over, we're even going into the new building. Guess what's happening? There, we are about to open up our doors to a whole new level of salvations, to a whole new level of healings, to a whole new level. And it's the promises of the Lord that our second story would be greater than our first. And the alarms at our house were only going off on the second story. And so the Lord is saying, wake up because this second story is going to be pretty intense and my people have to know how to pray, how to praise, and to get on the wall and begin to take this trifecta of Farmer's Branch, Dallas, and Addison. And the Lord is setting us in place because Dallas shall be saved. 
America shall be saved. Amen? So it's a, it, it was a call to action, and it's a call uh, to cross over. Um, and I believe really into the promised land. And, and the thing that the Lord gave me is he said, I want you to, um, this is going to be a year of believing with God and creating with God. And so if we believe, if we have the faith to cross over and say, I am all in God, I am all in. I can tell you that if we are double-minded in any way, it's going to be a really bad year. Just going to let that sit for a minute. But if we say, I am all in, no matter what the cost. I am yours, and I'm going where you go. You get to say how. You get to say when. And I'm saying, come on. Come on. Let's do this. And so he's going to be dividing champions, or the, really the sheep from the goat, this year. Those that hear his voice and obey and those that don't, that hear his voice and say, no. <clears throat> okay, do you still like me? So God is breaking into our businesses and our families, and he's saying, I want you to apprehend um, the promises. And so it's going to come as a partnership and he said in, um, I already covered that in Second Chronicles, um, it's going to be a partnership of hearing the voice of the Lord. Now, you're going to hear the voice of the Lord several ways. You can hear it for yourself. You can hear it in a dream. You can hear it from the prophetic. So a prophet is going to speak to you and say, thus saith the Lord, blah, 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 blah. You get into alignment with that. Or you begin to realize that you're in, you've now entered into the season that the Lord spoke of in the last season, and now you know that it's time to apprehend those things. And so how do you do that? Well, you're probably going to have to war with your flesh because like it was in, uh, with, with the, the um, Israelis when they left Egypt, this is not a cakewalk. You know, we look at those guys and we, we, we judge them because we're like, man, can you believe? Look, they saw all of the miracles of what God had done. He rescued them out of slavery, you know? He, he, he took them to the edge of, of, of the Red Sea. It looked impossible. He parted the ocean. He parted a sea. They walked through the sea. He destroyed their enemies on every side. They rejoiced. He fed them in the wilderness. He opened up brooks for, for water to flow out. And, you know, he gave them his word, and he's like, here's the law. He gave them his word. I mean, and, and then he takes them to the very edge of the promised land, and he's like, okay, now I want you to go check it out. And, and turn, it, turn with me to, um, where am I going? Genesis, no, Exodus 13. No, Numbers 13. Go to Numbers 13. Oh, look, we're almost there. Da, 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 da. All right, Numbers 13. Uh, we're going to start in verse 23. So Moses sends out the 12, and he's like, okay, guys, I want you to go in there. And, and, and the, the idea that Moses had in his head is he's thinking, I've got the word of the Lord. Now, how many of you do this? I've got the word of the Lord, and now I need the strategy of the Lord. And so what, what he's doing is he's partnering with the Lord saying, okay, how, how are we going to do this? I've got the what. I've got the when, which is now, you know, we're in the season. Okay, now how am I going to do this? And so all of us are looking for this in this season because we know we're crossing over, but we really got to have the house. So it's like, okay, Lord, I need to sit with the Lord and be still so you can tell me how to do this. 
And so, um, verse 23, then they came to the valley of Eshkol, and there cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they carried it between the two of them on a pole. I mean, come on. We're talking about some miracle grow there. <laughs> and they returned from spying out the land for 40 days. Now they departed and came. Oh, I'm in verse 26. I'm sorry. Now they departed, and they came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh, and they brought back a word. Say, they brought back a word to them and to all of the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. So they're saying, uh, they're saying that the word of the Lord was true, that God is true, he is faithful, that what he spoke about this land is true. And so the people are looking at the fruit, get it, the fruit of the land, and they're saying, wow, that's incredible. Can you imagine, you know, think about what they're thinking, that when they get over there, it's going to be the most fascinating, the most exquisite time. Their lives are going to be so incredibly blessed. They're going into the land of milk and honey. And then they said that this, they said in verse 28, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The, uh, the uh, Amalekites dwell in the land in the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites, my goodness, those ites are everywhere. Somebody needs to get some, some uh, uh, insect spray. Um, they dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses, and he already saw, he already saw, Caleb saw what was going on. Because he saw the fear in their eyes because they were like, wait a minute, I thought this was being given to us. So Caleb said, wait, 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 we can do this. We can do this because of the Lord. Look at everything that the Lord has done and he's going to give us this land. But then the 10 began to speak and they began to say, we can't go up against these people. And so they began to withdraw because they began to say, I'm going to evaluate all of the things and all of the situation in the natural. Because everything in the natural says that this is impossible to me. But Caleb and Joshua spoke a different word because the word said that they had a different spirit, which means that they had different eyes. They were seeing something different. You have those that are seeing the glass half empty, and you're seeing those that are, that are, are seeing the glass half full. Those that have hope in their hearts for all that God has spoken. No matter what the opposition is, I have the word of the Lord and the word of the Lord is enough. Let me tell you something. As you're going into your promised land, it is absolutely impossible for you to get there. It's absolutely impossible for you to get there. You might as well give up if, if you're thinking you're going to get there in your own strength. But the word of the Lord will go before you and create a way even though you're scared. Um, there was a pastor that uh, I listened to this message and he, he was preaching this message and, and I actually ended up hearing this message four times accidentally. And I, and the Lord was trying to say something to me and, and he kept saying, how do you spell, what did he say? How do you spell risk? F A I T H or the other way around. How do you spell faith? R I S K, you know, you get it. It will never, ever, ever be any other way. What was God doing to, to the Israelites? 
Was he trying to punish them? Was he trying to take away from them? Because what happened is the 10 said, oh, no, God is trying. No, we can't do this. God is trying to take something away from us. They thought they were going to die if they did what the Lord was saying. And then the two said, no, 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 no. God is actually, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity. God has provided us an opportunity to prosper. And the others are like, no, it's an opportunity for death. And they're like, no, 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 no. It's an opportunity to fulfillment of the promise. And they're like, no, 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 no. It's an opportunity to be decreased. And the others are like, no, 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 no. It's an opportunity to be increased. Do you see what I'm saying? So when it is presented to you to cross over and you begin to evaluate it based on what you're counting, if you have the time, if you have the money, if you have the whatever, the laundry list is long because it's never convenient to go into the promised land. It's everything that our heart desires, but then when we get there, we're like, wow, this is really a bad time. And he's like, I know, I chose it because I, I don't, it's never easy to believe God for the impossible, right? And, you know, the Lord was looking upon that generation, and he was saying, come on, come on, you can do it. I want to bless you. I'm a good father. I want to bless you. I want to prosper you. I want to help you. Help me help you. I think it was a movie line. Show me the money. Um, you know, but that's what he's saying. Help me help you. I'm providing a way, but it's got to be my way, not your way. It's got to be my way. And God's way always touches those places in our hearts of self-protection we're like oh no 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 no! i have to protect that part no no you can't have that no you know what i mean are you with me so it's time to cross over do you know all throughout the epistles that paul was never concerned with the size of churches he never went around saying your church is not big enough okay let's come up with a six-point plan to get more people in here but instead he was concerned with their faithfulness. So he talked over and over and over about the faithfulness of the church. And he, he would admonish those who were really going hard in faith, even though they were standing, but everything around them looked the opposite of what they were believing for. I mean, honestly, guys, I live in two worlds. I'm either insane or I'm right. Do you understand that? Because I live, because I'm the God has forced me to live such a life of faith and to be on the edge of the cliff all the time, having to believe Him when the circumstance around me look completely opposite. But I'm like, I'm like, I am so obstinate. I'm like, I'm gonna stand here and I'm not moving. <laughs> so let's talk about the parable of the Great Supper. I think it's a great picture of the promised land. So the Lord is setting the table just like he did for Israel. He's like, oh, here's a table, the banqueting table. Isn't it beautiful? And he said, now I'm going to send out an invitation. The invitation is I want you to come. And, and when he did that, he sent out a servant. He said, look, there's an invitation. The Lord's throwing a party. He wants to prosper you. He wants to give you everything in your heart's desire, the things he created you to do, the things that he has in his heart for you. Good marriages, good families, unity in the body, uh, financial prosperity, all of this. He's saying he, all of this is available to you. I set a table. 
And so he sent out the invitation and everybody was like, wow, you know, I would love to RSVP, but I am, I, I can't come on that day. I've got a lot of things going on. I'm kind of busy. And so they began to list all of the reasons why they couldn't respond to the Lord's invitation to bless them. Because it was too inconvenient. And see, that invitation that is sent out, it's a faith test. When the Lord sends out an invitation to prosper you, it's going to cost you something. And what he's doing is he's saying, will you believe me for the more? Every single one of us, we just like David, we've wrestled our bear and we've wrestled our lion. And when Goliath is standing there, how then shall we live? Will we stand and say, how dare you come against the armies of the living God and throw that one stone? Now that's faith. <laughs> that guy was amazing. <clears throat> but it says in the word um, here with the supper that the Lord invited them to, that when they didn't show up and they were too busy, it says that the Lord was angry. When those in the wilderness didn't show up, when they didn't cross over, it says in the word that he was angry because he set up the perfect opportunity to bless them. But they didn't believe the word and they didn't believe that he was good. So they had to go back around the mountain. We must believe God's word and his ways. And when he sends out an invitation called the faith test to cross over, it'll always, always, always come at a cost. Because it's something you can't do in your own strength. And we're the Western church and we're from America, so we think that if it's going to be, it's up to me. And we've got this mindset that we can do it all. And God said, no, 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 no. This is the one thing I'm not going to let you do because I love you. And in the faith, I'm teaching you how to be a son. All of this is creating that adoption. I'm a son. I'm eating chicken while I'm feasting. I'm in my father's house and I'm comfortable knowing that my dad's a good dad and that every time he calls me and challenges me to be uh, to be challenged in a place of faith, I know that he's wanting to prosper me. If you pass the test, he will reward you mightily. All right, so I want to read, um, turning your Bibles to Deuteronomy 8, verse 6. Are you guys good? After Numbers, Deuteronomy 8, verse 6. Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, 
of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land which you will eat bread without scarcity. Of course, not really today because we're on Whole30. In which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, and when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through with great and terrible wilderness in which the thirsty land, well, wait, hold on, in which were fiery serpents, scorpions, and thirsty land where there was no water, who brought you water for your for out of a out of a flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you, and that you he might test you to do good in the end. Then you will say in your heart, My power and my might of my hand have gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Well, that's sobering. That word power, it means anointing. He's saying that he gives us the anointing to create wealth. That means that the anointing of God comes on us, and it is the thing that opens the doors and provides for us. And he said, don't forget who brought you up out of the place of your wilderness. That he saved us, but he saved us for himself. He gave us the ability to provide for ourselves. And when he says it's time to cross over, baby, I'm telling you, we better run. We better run into that promised land and say, God, thank you. I bless you for the opportunity. Amen? You know, obedience is better than sacrifice, right? Isn't that what the Bible says? You know, I love Galatians 2.20, and it's a place in my heart that I'm saying to the Lord, God, this is where I want to live. This is where I want to live. This is where I want to I be this person uh, of the Galatians 2.20. I'm going to read it to you, and then we're going to stand and pray. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live, it says by the faith, but the Hebrew says I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live by the faith of the Son of God, not in the Son of God. I live by the faith of the Son of God. It is the Son of God that lives in you, and you are living by his faith. Your faith combined with his faith together is going to move mountains. Who loved me and gave himself for me. 
I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. That is my hope, that Christ in me, that I will now live a different kind of life. And we can no longer, as a church, as storehouse, but as a church in the Western world, we can no longer be dual-minded. We can no longer have duality when it comes to what we decide and how we decide to live. We are either going to live in the kingdom or we're going to live in the earth. And the Lord is now separating the kingdom people out. And he's like, these are the people that are going to be my champions in the future. And these are the people that I'm going to get behind because I know that they are faith champions. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And when I get to heaven and I look back on my life from an eternal perspective, I don't know about you, but I want to look back and, 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 and see the choices that I made and that every step of the way when I, was, when I had to make a choice about whether I was going to go forward in God or I was going to draw back, I hope to God with all my heart that I went forward. Every time he said, grow, baby, grow, go, baby, go, I'm just going to say, okay, I'm scared. I need you to go with me, but I'm going to go. Even though it looks impossible, I'm going to go. Let's stand. So, Lord, I do. I just thank you for this company of champions. I thank you, Father, that they are dread champions, Father, and they have been called to eat demons for breakfast. I thank you, Father, that there is that we are a fearless people, not in our own strength, but because you are worthy and you're giving us the grace to love extravagantly in the face of disappointment, to love extravagantly in the face of fear, in the face of hate, that we would say, no, I'm going in. I'm going into your heart. I'm going in. I'm going into the promised land. I'm going to get the dream. And you told me it is time. It is time to cross over. I will declare over you just like David did. When he said, you will awaken like a warrior overcome by wine. I declare that over you, storehouse, that tonight is the first night of a long history uh, going forward of your future, that you will awaken like a warrior who is awakened with wine. Meaning that when you are, when you're drinking wine, you are fearless and you are warriors who are fearless. And so I declare that nothing will stand in the way of you getting to the place that God has called you to go. I just declare that we will believe fearlessly. We will act fearlessly. We will charge fearlessly. We will love fearlessly. And we will go fearlessly in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. We hope this message was a blessing to you. If you would like to partner with us, you can visit storehousedallas.com forward slash give or you can send a text message with an amount to 84321. Thank you very much for your contributions.